I invite you to take your Bibles and turn or scroll uh, with me to 1 John. We are beginning to, as they say, land the plane. Uh, We are beginning to conclude our study in 1 John. We're going to look at some of the last few verses. Uh, We're going to say that very last verse for next week, its own sermon. Keep yourself from idols. I think we can talk for a long time on that one. Um, John, in his letter here, 32 times, no less than 32 times, he says, we know. Or something similar to that. We know. There's a note of confidence that runs all throughout John's letter. He begins in the beginning by talking about joy and fellowship. God has brought us into fellowship with his son, Jesus. And we are to walk in fellowship with him as children of light because we're no longer children of darkness. John wants us to have confidence in our walk with Christ. When we have confidence in our walk with Christ, when we have confidence that truly we are forgiven, that we belong to him, that we've been adopted into his family, that confidence brings joy. It grows our own joy, no matter what the circumstances we find ourselves in. It increases our capacity to love people because people can be hard to love sometimes. So John wants us to grow in our confidence in our walk with the Lord. Our faith, when he says we know, we know, we know, it's a reminder that our faith is built upon concrete historical truths and absolutes. Recently, Verse 12, he said, he who has the son has life. That's the gospel in a nutshell. He who has the son of God has life. Verse 13, we can know that we have eternal life. We know the confidence. We know we don't think, we don't hope. We don't, well, maybe we'll get in. These beautiful flowers here today are in honor of Brenda's dad. The funeral was yesterday. What a blessing to hear of a brother who has known the Lord for years and years and walked with him. And so we say with assurance that to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. He is with the Lord. Verse 15. He says, we have confidence in our personal prayer life. We know that God hears our prayers, that he listens. Verse 17, confidence in praying not just for ourselves, but for others. Taking that confidence that God hears us and praying for others, specifically those who fall into sin. Now, rapid fire. As he comes to the end of his letter, he gives three successive, successive, we know. We know, we know, 
we know. And I would like to say these are crucial statements. And they are particularly helpful for moms. As we raise or mentor our kids, these are key spiritual truths. So let's look at our text. 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 18, we read this. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him or keeps him. And the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and given us understanding so that we might know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. That's a lot. So let's look at our first we know. The best way I know to approach this is to take those three we knows and amplify them and present them for our edification this morning. The first we know is in verse 18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. This phrase, born of God, this is John. This is classic John. John begins his gospel by showing how Jesus said, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. John now gives us a characteristic of those who have been born again. Those of us who have been born of God. He says, and it's in the present tense, those who are born of God do not continue to sin. That's a very strong statement, and it is one that has caused some confusions over time. John, I believe, is speaking here to the heart of people Saying that when God comes into your life, when you are born again, you are not the same person that you used to be. This majestic theme, the life of God in the hearts of people. John says it is inconceivable that there would not be a break from the past. That there will be no difference from who you were before and who you are now. Depending on your translation, it might say something like, he does not sin. Which is an accurate rendering of the word, but it doesn't give the full meaning. He is not saying that if you are a Christian, you're incapable of sinning. Can I get an amen on that one? It does not mean that. Well, how do I know that? Well, if you look at the verse right prior, what is he doing? He's talking about praying for that brother in Christ who is sinning. Pray for him. Pray for her. But my brothers and sisters, the new life in Christ, as we saw yesterday, if anyone is in Christ, 
He's a new creation. Old has passed and the new has come. And God is now alive in you. He is at work in and through you. Yes, we do sin. We know that. But oh, that's not what our life looks like anymore. Everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born but he who was born of God protects him. Isn't that interesting? Referring to the son of God, the only begotten son of God, born of God if you will. He protects those and keeps those who have been born of God. Take your Bibles if you would. And go to John chapter 17. I'd like you to see this in your own Bibles. This is what we call the great high priestly prayer. This is Jesus prior to his crucifixion praying for his own. Look at verse 12. Jesus praying to the father. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, with the exception, of course, of the son of destruction, Judas, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Look at verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. This truth that the Lord keeps us and protects us, it reminds us that this is not all about us, but God is at work in and through us. And the evil one does not touch him. That statement will make a whole lot more sense as we continue to read. Does Satan tempt? Does he buffet? Do we find ourselves discouraged, despondent, doubting, questioning? Yes. But we have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and placed into the kingdom of his dear son. That is now where we reside. And that is what John is speaking to. The second we know statement flows right from the first. There's a contrast. He says we know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. When you read the Apostle Paul, he talks about light and darkness. John does the same thing. Paul is reminding us to walk as children of light. Because that's who we are. We used to be in the dominion, the domain of darkness, but now we are children of light. We face many, many hardships in life, but saints... They will not last. 
and they will not have you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I think I mentioned last week, whenever any of us travel anywhere, from anywhere to anywhere, you keep your passport on you. Because that passport is an official declaration that you are a citizen of your country, the United States or otherwise. And with that formal declaration comes rights and privileges, wherever you are. In my case, I'm a citizen of the United States of America. That means something. Remember, Paul said, Philippians 3, we are citizens of heaven. Each and every one of us as believers in Christ, we are citizens of heaven. And the spirit has been given us as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and what is to come. The spirit confirms to us that we are the children of God. He testifies with our spirit. This is exactly what John is speaking to. Know whose you are. No matter what country you are a citizen of now, I guarantee you that is passing. What is eternal is that you are a citizen of heaven. Hebrews 11 speaks to the pilgrimage that we are all on. Let us walk as those. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Again, my goal is for you to see this right there in your copy of God's Word. Ephesians is an extraordinary letter that talks about who we are in Christ. He loves that phrase, in Christ, in Christ, in Him, who we are in Him. Chapter 1, verse 3, blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing. But look at chapter 2. Remember what John has just said in chapter 19. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and in the sins in which you once walked. That was your whole course of life. That's who you were. Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Do you see what he's saying here? Your whole identity Your whole life trajectory, who you were, how you lived, how you thought, how you lived your life, it was in accordance with the world. And that is defined as being dead in your sins. Among whom, verse 3, we all once lived in the passions of, Of our flesh, 
carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. It was who we were. And as John tells us as well, the wrath of God abided on us. This is the beauty and the power and the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Paul told the Colossians, taken out of the kingdom of darkness, placed into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Remember this. And now I have a question for you. As you form your personal convictions, when you look at social issues of the day, and we all know the last few years, we've had lots of that. My question to you is very simple. How are you forming your convictions? Are you building your beliefs and your disposition and your perspective on the truth of God, the word of God, which, by the way, does not change. It does not shift. God did not write, as my pastor always told us, he did not write with a number two pencil, with an eraser. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad we've discovered that now. Let me change what I said over here to match what you have discovered. No. The truth of God, the word of God, abides Forever, Whatever the social issue is, form your convictions on the word of God and the truth of God. Because I promise you two things. Number one, the world will rush into that vacuum. Number two, the world will always get it wrong. Always and without exception. But I want to leave you with this thought regarding that second declaration. Remember the Great Commission, which is what we're to be about. Go into all the world, make disciples, teach them to obey me and so forth. What's the last thing he said? I am with you to the end. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Ever. It is true. That the world lies in the power of the evil one. That means we are, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. John 17 again, he said, I'm not praying that you take him out of the world. We're here for a season to be a salt and to be light in the world. The third, we know statement. This one is crucial. And it basically sums everything else up. It puts everything into perspective. Verse 20. We know that the Son of God has come and has given understanding so that we may know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. This sums everything up. Notice what He says. We know that the Son of God has come. In fact, go back to the very beginning of 1 John. Turn the page, scroll back a little bit. 
John is very intentional at this point. Verse 1. That which was from the beginning, speaking of Christ, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and made manifest to us, which we, here he goes again, have seen and heard. We proclaim also to you why that you might also have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with the son jesus christ we're writing these things that our joy may be complete john is very intentional about saying we saw him we touched him we were with him the son of god has come god did not just dispel knowledge or philosophy. Emmanuel. God. With. Us. He came. And that's what John. Is saying. In him. We have understanding. Remember the world is not going to point you to the truth. Ever. Our understanding of the truth is from him. Why? So that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is the gospel. It's the good news. We are in Christ. Christ has come. He has suffered and died for our sins. Through faith in him, we are reconciled. We are made right with God. Go back to the gospel of John. John chapter 17. This is again the high priestly prayer. Look at verse 3. This is eternal life. That they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is personally knowing God through Jesus Christ. It is not distant It is not, well, I think, or I hope, or maybe, but I know him. 32 times in his letter, John says, we know. We know. We have confidence in these things. To know God is through Jesus Christ. It is personal. It is experiential. Go back just a page or two, or scroll back a little bit. John chapter 14. These are familiar verses. But John in verse 20 of 1 John 5 is echoing what Jesus said here, John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is what John is driving at. Eternal life is in Jesus. He who has the Son has life. It is exclusively through Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Except through faith in Christ. Going back to 1 John chapter 5. Verse 20. There are challenges in translating God's word. As there are challenges in translating any language. Those of you who are bilingual, you know this. Sometimes you might be switching from language to language. And you're like, okay, hang on. Now, how do I render this? Verse 20. There's actually quite a few of these in 1 John. I'll just highlight one of them. That last phrase, he is the true God and eternal life. Grammatically, that could be speaking to Jesus, the Son, or God, the Father. Context, I would argue, seems to favor speaking about Christ. One of the, perhaps the most explicit statement of his deity. But what I want you to see, as believers, we are in Christ. God keeps us. He guards us. He protects us. And we are his own. Saints, I leave you with this thought. Take courage. We are fully aware That there are many, many trials that many of us are walking through at this moment. Your trials will not outlive you. And nor will they have you. This is the confidence that that John wants to grow and develop in us. He wants us to know who Christ is, who we are in him. Remember, John was likely the last one standing. He was likely the last of the apostles. The rest of them at some point lost their lives. We understand from history. They lost their lives in service to Christ. John had a different path. He was exiled to Patmos. He is writing with great pastorly care to the churches. Know these truths. Cherish them. Pray them. For, you, for yourself and for your kids or those, those whom you're mentoring or teaching or have influence in their lives. You bow and prepare your hearts for prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gospel upon which we stand. Thank you. Thank you for being faithful. We know that you have begun a good work in our lives and you will complete it. You will not let us go, but you keep us and you guard us. 
And by your spirit, you are conforming us to the image of your son. And we know that process of sanctification is often not comfortable. Oh, but thank you for the way that you are faithful to continue to work in each and every one of us. And make us more like Christ. Thank you for that glorious gospel promise that has never once fallen to the ground. That you will finally and completely conform us in every way to the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We rest in that and we thank you for that. Thank you for the simplicity and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Acknowledge, admit, own our own sinfulness. The fact that we fall far short And put all of our faith and our confidence and our trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, we pray, as we always do, if there's but one, the sound of my voice, who has not placed their faith in Christ, that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, refresh us, encourage us, Strengthen us and help us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.